You would be so kind to go with me in the New Testament, the letter of Paul to the Colossians, and that will begin with uh, verse 13. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to be there to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. This is the word of the Lord. During the following month, as we begin our uh, life together as Land of Hope, it is very obvious and it was very good counsel to have received from many others that we should begin a mini-series about unity, about oneness, about hanging together, being one church. Why? Well, because not long ago we were individuals, people working and playing and worshiping in three individual separate congregations. Because of that nature, because of that situation, this is only our second Sunday together. It behooves us then to explore what is the meaning of unity, what is the meaning of oneness, not according to our idea, not according to my idea, but according to what God defines as unity and oneness. It is interesting that this idea of unity and oneness does not begin with Jesus Christ or the church. It is an idea that God has had in God's counsel since the beginning of the foundation. We will find out in Pentecost Sunday the relationship between the Tower of Babel, where God, where man was intentionally trying to reach to God, and chapter 2 of Acts, where God himself pours his spirit to us. In one, he confused the languages. In other, the languages were kept, but everybody was given the grace of understanding each other. Amazing. In one, God wants to split up because it was on their own effort. In the other, God wants to bring together. And it is Jesus himself that prays the wonderful prayer as he is struggling in Gethsemane or Gethsemane. He's struggling, he says, God, that they will be one as you and I are one. So even the sacrifice of Jesus has the intention to make us one. But what does that mean, making us one? We have thought about it, and in some places, being one is everybody in the congregation next week has to wear white. So therefore, we are all one. That's not what God intends us. I, I actually say that because I have been in places not getting the memo. And I was with a colorful clothing and not all white. 
And this was right here, just up the street, actually. Um, and I went to that congregation to visit. However, how are we going to do this idea of learning about oneness from that? Well, today I'm going to begin with the idea of oneness in lordship, but we are not going to be developing our oneness through politics. Oh, we can't do that. Will we all agree on that? That oneness cannot be done through politics in any way, shape, or form. We are not going to be one in Christ or in lordship through ethnicity. ¿Verdad que no? Es imposible. It's impossible. Because, you know, we come and we want others to come from different countries, different tongues, different nations, to show that light of hope can be a microcosm of how heaven is going to be. You see, because heaven is not going to be segmented into southern white Georgians and then the crazy Puerto Ricans down the way. <laughs> we're going to have to deal with one another. <laughs> They're going to bunch us all together and we're going to have to really deal with one another. So before getting there, why not practice here in the kingdom of heaven on earth, the church? That's how we practice. And therefore, we become a witness to the rest of the community, which, by the way, 11 o'clock, 40 years ago, Martin Luther King said it was the most segregated hour in our nation. And 40 years later, it continues to be the most segregated hour in our nation. And it doesn't have to be. But we're not going to base our unity in ethnicity. We're not going to base it in politics. Let me check my notes and what is we're not going to base it. We're not going to base to base, I can't find it. We're not going to base our unity in, in um, class and status. We're not going to base our unity in professionalism. So if we're not going to do it through politics, and we're not going to do it through ethnicity, and we're not going to do it through club, I mean through finances, we are going to base it in three things, in three wonderful things. That the middle of the book of Ephesians, Paul is arguing there that the entire purpose of the redemption of Jesus Christ, which was planned before the foundation of the earth, was to make out of two people, one people. The Bible actually uses the term Jews and Gentiles. We, have, we know who the Jews are. Do you know who the Gentiles are? All of us. Actually, do you know what the word Gentile is in the Greek? Ethnos. So, dear, well, ethnic. From that perspective, that when Paul wrote that book, we are all ethnic. That's what the word Gentile means, ethnos. Peoples. So the Jews and the peoples, God's purpose was to make out of two, one. He also continues in chapter 3 of that, of that letter and talks about that the barrier, the wall that divided both the Jews and the Gentile, now through the blood of Christ, has been dissolved, has been knocked down. So that out of the two, God can make one that's now called the church. Paul continues in that argument and says that our unity is not based in the rituals, is not based in our past, it's based, however, in our identification with three elements that he talks about in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 5. By the way, that is the second shortest verse in the Bible. What is the most, the, what is the shortest verse in the Bible? Do you all know? Jesus wept. John chapter 11. This one wins by one word. Because 
Ephesians 4, 5 says, you have it in your bulletin. It says, one, one what? One? Read it. You have it in your bulletin. I'm asking you to read it. One what? It's in the front. Towards the bottom. One what? One faith. One baptism. One Lord. What does Paul mean by that? One faith. Does that mean that we're going to bring our unity due to theologies? And I emphasize the plural because there are so many kinds. You know, when I was in seminary, I had the hardest time with the book of Revelations. Who was the person who asked me to do a study in the book of Revelations? Is that person here? No. no. You know what? I had a very hard time, so I went ahead and took three classes. I never understood it until I found this New Zealander theologian who used to live around here and teach at Columbia Theological Seminary. And he says that the main theme of the book of Revelations is not the end of the world. It's not whether it's going to happen pre, mid, or post. It's not, going to, it's not the end of the world. It is the reality and the fulfillment of Jesus' promise to be with us no matter what happens. That's the main topic of the book of Revelations, is Jesus' faithfulness to Jesus' people, to the church. Whether it happens pre, mid, or post, oh, we don't know. But we do know one thing in the book, Jesus is with us, no matter what happens with his church. So, in faith, Paul says, we have one faith in Galatians 3.26. One faith. And it is in our Lord Jesus Christ. So our faith is not based in different theologies, different emphasis, different things that we like and that attract us about the Bible. But it is in the faith of one Lord Jesus Christ. It is he who died for you and I. It is he who brought the words of wisdom. It is he who promises eternal life. And it is he, as the text we read, everything is put together for him, through him, for the glory of Jesus Christ. So we will base our unity here at Light of Hope on the, Lord, on the faith that we all have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, I'm going to suggest and recommend that we also try to base our faith, not only in faith, but also in one baptism. Oh, my goodness. I know there are some clandestines here who came over the wall and they're Baptists and they are here. <laughs> and, and they confess to me. They tell me, I used to be a Baptist and I always say, forgiven. <laughs> or they say, I used to be a Methodist. I, I tell them, me too. <laughs> or, or, or I used to be a charismatic and I said, been there, done that. You know, or I used to be a, a, a Lutheran. Yes, been there, done that, to enjoy the quite a bit. See? But we're not going to base our unity in, in denominations or last names because we are Christian Baptists, Christian Methodists. No, we are believers. We are Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, and we will follow. Why? Because we were baptized. Whether you were Baptist, you probably understood that your baptism meant that you died in Christ, right? And you're resurrected to Christ's life, right? Cool. Now, if you're Presbyterian and you were a child and brought up, you were claimed to the family of the covenant. And that is good. 
Because that was, we we're claiming the promise that God who is sovereign at some time will trigger in your life the spirit of life that will help you come unto Jesus and identify whether you go underwater, whether it's sprinkled with you. Baptism basically means that we are identifying ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism, beloved, no matter how it happens, what's in our heart? In one and in the other. It is a desire to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And thirdly and lastly, we will base our unity, our oneness here, Lord of Hope, with the Lordship of Christ. What does that mean? Christ being our Lord. Now, a practical way of having Christ being our Lord is, is what I'm saying. Making new friendships. If we're all one, how do we know one another? Making new friendships. Some of you may know one another here because you've been hanging around for the last three years, maybe once a month. But some of you may not know each other. Dear God, we thank you for getting to know one another. We thank you for knocking down the barriers that divide us. We thank you for your spirit of love, your spirit of forgiveness, your spirit of forbearance. That we can love my sisters and my brother no matter which political background they come, no matter which denominational background they come, no matter which financial status, no matter which theological stuff they favor. That we can be one under your Lordship. That we can be one as baptized under your Lordship. And that we can be one in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for dying. Thank you for rising up so that we can learn how to be one. In the small groups, my sisters and my brothers, Lord, share their concerns. You heard those men. They share their praises and we join in glorifying you and thanking you for answering and for transforming, for healing, and for changing our lives to bring it closer to you. We thank you for our state. We thank you for our community in particular. Lord, make us aware of the people who are next to us every moment so that we can be Jesus to them and give that smile. Extend that hand and just be a new friend like we have learned today here, making new friends. 